Welcome to Family is the Answer, an adoption and foster care podcast. I'm Karina Kuna-Henson, Managing Director for Rohe Foundation. Together with Podcast Network Asia, we're here to share resources to inform you and stories to inspire you about adoption and foster care. Hope you enjoy listening. Welcome back to another episode of Family is the Answer, the podcast. Um, my name is Krina, and joining me today is Rohe Foundation's Director for Advocacy, uh, Jasmine Gwen, or Jam for short. Hi, Jam. Hi. Hi, Krina. Hi, everyone. So good that you're joining me. Um, I'm personally very thrilled because you definitely inspire me to continue talking about adoption and foster care, and so much of Rohe Foundation's work is thanks to you. So, so glad that you're here on this episode. Um, Today, we're going to be talking a little bit about foster care. Now, foster care is one of those things that a lot of people do have questions about, especially in the Asian context. I think in the more Western context, foster care is something that pretty much everybody understands, knows what it's about, knows how it works. But in Asia, here in the Philippines specifically, foster care is not something that's too popular not something that a lot of people talk about and there's not a lot of information that's readily available. And so a lot of times the question we get is that, is foster care a necessary part of the system? And if it's not permanent, then, you know, why does it even exist? Why not just um, have adoption be the solution for children rather than foster care? And so I wanted to talk a little bit about that. Jam, I wanted to ask you what your initial thoughts about foster care were. Right. Um, well, so aside from doing work for Rohe Foundation, I'm also studying law. As a course, it's really lumped together. You know, you study both in the same week. And initially, right. like, adoption was the only thing that I was looking forward to. I mean, not having enough context around foster care, not having really met anyone with experience on foster care. I really was just drawing the connections between the context that I'm in and adoption. That was just solely the thing that I was interested in but having this foster care or you're right in saying that um, it should be talked about more um, because there's really (laughs) a lot more to it than just being you know a a topic connected or a topic that's sub to adoption right and there are just some situations where foster care is actually absolutely necessary so I want to first debunk that myth um, that it's kind of like an unnecessary part of the system. It's not. It's actually a very necessary part of the system. And um, maybe we should start by defining the difference between adoption and foster care. And so maybe, Jam, you can do like a quick rundown. Like, what are the main differences when you talk adoption and foster care, just so that we set that straight? So quickly define both. Well, first, adoption is um, a process of placing a child permanently. Um, So this is a child who's been declared legally available for adoption. There's like a whole process behind that. And that child is permanently placed to an eligible parent or an eligible family for the purpose of making it a permanent situation, really legal. It's forever. By name. Yeah, like the birth Adoption is forever. Yes, exactly. Uh, Whereas foster care, on the other hand, refers to a 
kind of a planned temporary substitute parental care. So it's really temporary by definition. Um, so it's a care by a foster parent, so a licensed foster parent to a child who is neglected, abused, surrendered, um, abandoned, and all the other situations that might place that child to have special needs for an alternative family to provide um, the love and care that they might need. Right. So it's basically, it's alternative family care. I love how you said it, right? It's it's a planned temporary substitute for permanent parental care. And usually this becomes the option for a child who is sort of in between. Um, when we defined adoption, we defined the need to be declared legally available for adoption first. And the reason why, at least in the Philippine context, there's such a big need for foster families. And like you said, licensed foster families at that is because there's a long process in declaring a child as legally available for adoption. Um, that's the technical term behind it. And while they're waiting, instead of them waiting at a children's home, at an orphanage, in, within institutional care, foster care is actually another option for them. Their paperwork might not be ready. They might not be ready to be placed for adoption. They might even be awaiting a potential reunification Right. Right. But foster care is, is still a great option for families um, who want to respond and maybe be able to provide some temporary care. Right. The priority for foster care, like a possibility um, would be family preservation. So really like children under under this setup, um, the priority for them is family preservation, meaning reunification with their biological family. So there are just you know, certain contexts, certain situations where their family is not ready to, you know, care for them, at least for the time being. And that's why they need um, alternative parental care. The priority of the government is for them, for that family to be preserved, which is not the case for adoption, because in adoption, all children legally available for adoption, all legal ties have been cut from the biological family. Either they're not located, all measures have been exhausted to try to locate a relative, but that's not available for these kids. That's why they've been declared legally available for adoption. So that's, I think, one of the main differences, the context of the children under, you know, available for adoption and available for foster care. Right. And so it's good to note that for children who who, who have been surrendered by their biological parents um, to some children's homes, the reality for them is that sometimes these parents are going through a rough patch. Right. Uh, sometimes the family context, like we, we don't know enough about, we can't generalize and say every story is the same. The truth is that some parents, they genuinely love their children, um, but given the current situation in their life, um, it's just not possible for them to provide care and for the basic needs for their child. And so that's when foster care really becomes a great option. Um, I know for me, I, I've had a change of heart around foster care. What was highlighted for me was really the trauma. Um, when I would hear the word foster care, I would think trauma. I would think that's so difficult for the child to go from one family to the next and have to adjust um, adapt, fall in love with, settle in with, get used to living with one family, and then be taken out of that and placed elsewhere. And I would think about not just trauma on the child, I would think traumatic for the family, right? As a mother, I was thinking, I can't imagine how difficult it must be to welcome a child into your home and then 
fall, you know, genuinely love and care for this child and then have to say goodbye. That was just unthinkable. But, you know, I've, I've really had a change of heart around this. First of all, I've seen it modeled by families. And I think when you enter into a fostering setup, a fostering relationship with a child, the mindset needs to be that this is temporary, but temporary doesn't mean that it's not worth it. It's not worth doing. Um, There's so much that can happen within that temporary setup that could genuinely transform the child's life and the life of the family. Um, And so we think about that. And I initially thought, you know, maybe the children should just stay in the children's home, wait there until they can actually get adopted. But you're then missing out on the opportunity for that child to experience um, healing. A lot of times it's healing. A lot of times it's acceptance and love that they could within a family setup, which would never be possible within a children's home, no matter how wonderful that children's home is. And we know so many great children's homes, right? But they still do fight for an opportunity for these children to be placed in foster families. Right. And I want to add to that. I love that you mentioned it just because it's temporary, you know, doesn't mean that, um, the love that the family could give would be any less than if they were adopting, right? Um, even if it's for a short amount of time, some parents foster for four months, three months, some could foster for a year, that child is placed with them for a year. But I've seen, you know, in the work that we do, we've met families and, you know, even individuals who are licensed foster parents and have had placements. And, you know, when we look at their families, the love that they're able to give that child for the season that that child is with them you know, they love them fully. It's not any less, um, even with, you know, with the knowledge at the back of their mind, they know that this could be a temporary setup. <laughs> this might not be forever physically, but in their heart, they know that I'm going to love this child fully. And that's the beautiful thing about foster care is that it's unconditional in that sense um, that it's not bound by the time that um, the contract might say, or, you know, it's not bound by the setup and the the conditions given to you, um, you take it each day and you just make it intentional and make it your goal to love that child as much as you can with every day that the child is with you. Hi, this is Coach Novi and Dan. Come listen to my podcast called I Homeschool. This is a weekly podcast in helping Filipino families to make wise decision in their homeschool journey. Together, let's find purpose and joy in the process. This is powered by Podcast Network Asia and available on all major podcast platforms. Yeah, I mean, that reminds me so much of about the story of one of um, my really, really good friends. Um, They actually do a podcast called Our Parenthood, um, Dennis and Tammy C. And I was talking to my friend Tammy about this because they were kind of in an informal fostering um, setup. Uh, They were just helping um, out a mother who kind of needed help with her baby. And, you know, we were asking Dennis and Tammy, you know, what were their thoughts and feelings about how their family has grown to love this child that they were taking care of, but whom they knew from the very beginning, um, eventually was going to go back to live with her, her mom, um, her biological mom. And what Tammy said to me really, really left a mark. Um, it brought me to tears really. And she kind of said something like, you know, if you're pouring and depositing, um, 
God's presence into this child, right? And you do that on a daily basis that this child who's with you for a short amount of time gets to know the voice of God and gets to encounter God in your home. And she just said, you know, my hope is that one day when she's all grown up, she would recognize the voice of God because she would remember that she encountered it in our home. She would remember the presence that she encountered in our home and that that was God. And I thought, that so profoundly shifted the way I saw foster yeah, care. Wow. But, you know, it's so worth it. If this child just gets to experience not just love from the family, but the love of God in your home, even if it's temporary, that will not go to waste. That could that could transform their lives forever uh, to just encounter God's presence in a foster family's home. And I think that's, that's what we've found to be so unique um, amongst the families that have had success with foster care is that the mindset is always, I'm going to give and give and give and pour into this child. And without holding back, without fear that, oh, it's going to be so hard to say goodbye. Um, It is going to be hard to say goodbye. Um, It is going to be really painful to have to say goodbye to a child that you've poured into and given so much of your lives to. Um, But they're ready and willing to take that on just so that even for a short time, the child who they're fostering would be able to experience love in that way. And I thought that's so powerful. Right. And I recall Tammy also sharing that um, it's the same with even biological children or any kind of children, that there is some sort of timeline that you have with them, that nothing is permanent, but that doesn't mean that, you know, you love them any less, but you just have to be faithful in those moments that you are with them. And you know, this was one of the things that I was initially having a hard time reconciling. I know that adoption is such a, like a beautiful picture. You know, everyone celebrates the, the permanence that comes with adoption. Whereas in foster care, I know that it's quite a foreign concept here in the Philippines still. You know, adoption was just so clear in the gospel, in the Bible. Every, the churches talk about it. Organizations talk about it. But it's such a beautiful thing. It's such a beautiful picture. It's such a beautiful call and mission to do. Whereas because of the temporary nature of foster care, not a lot of people know how to advocate for it, know how to kind of tread on the subject. But what I found um, recently is that that is precisely the beauty of it, that even given the temporariness of foster care, we find that it is in that context precisely that parents are able to learn that without any assurance coming from the child, I'm able to love this child unconditionally. And that's the same way with, you know, with God. And, you know, even if the word foster care is not in the Bible, literally, unlike adoption, where it's been mentioned a number of times across the scripture, it's not the same with foster care. But um, the heart of foster care is very much present in that sense that when God decided to, to love us, there was no assurance yet that we will be his forever. (laughs) But nevertheless, he decided to love us with all he's got, with all that he is. And I think that is such a clear parallel between that kind of love and foster care. And even if it's not mentioned, the term foster care is not mentioned there, it's still very much present. Yeah, that's amazing. And I love that you said that, Jam, because um, a lot of times we see fostering and we think about um, you know, the pain and the trauma and how difficult that would be. Um, but really it needs to be seen as this is 
something I'm sowing into the life of this child without any assurance that I'll get anything back. And that's okay. And, you know, I think especially for Christians who have experienced the love of God, we have so much to give, you know, and to withhold that from a child just because it's going to hurt when we say goodbye doesn't make sense anymore. You know, when you see it in light of eternity, when you see it in light of, you know, what this would mean potentially for this child who may have never experienced the love of a parent figure, um, it could completely transform them. And a lot of times foster care is also designed to set children up for permanence. Um, Mm -hmm. I know like, at least here in the Philippines, a lot of our adoptions um, are international adoptions, which means that Filipino children get placed with families um, in other parts of the world. And to ease the transition, what they do sometimes is they'll look for families that could potentially prepare them for that more permanent transition so that the transition isn't from children's home to family, to new culture, to new language, to new everything. Um, you kind of ease them into the process where they kind of get assimilated with what a family, the family dynamic is like through foster care, um, through a family that could potentially prepare them mentally um, and very practically speaking for life in another country. Um, so actually foster care is sometimes a very practical part of the process of the system we have for orphans. So to sum it up, one of the things that I've come to realize is that we can't assume that foster care is an unnecessary part of the process for a child. There are cases wherein it is for the best interests of the child. Um, there's this quote by AJ Novacek. He guested on the Forgotten Initiative podcast. And he just said that, you know, if things feel like a formula and we decide that adoption is always the best thing for the child, then we don't really need God in that situation. And that was so insightful for me because I have come from the place of you know, why, why transition through foster care, you know, adoption's the best thing should just be permanent. Let's not keep the child in limbo. Um, but actually when I've, as I listen to more and more stories of foster families who have experienced it and some of them experiencing, um, foster placements five, six, seven, eight times over, um, a different child coming in and out of their home through the course of many years, Um, They never regret it. And it's because they have this mindset of, I don't know what's best for this child. Um, And it's a very, it's very humbling to come to that place where we can say, I'm not sure, but I believe that God is working out the best thing for this child. And if foster care is the answer for this child right now, um, then our family can do that. Then our family can respond in that way. And I think that's something that, um, that we need to be talking about more here on this side of the world, in the Philippines, in Asia, uh, talking a little bit more about the role that foster care plays in the system. Um, But here in the Philippines, one of the things you do need to know is that you need a license to become a foster parent. Yeah, so here in the Philippines, um, for there to be a foster care placement, you first need a foster care license. So this is something that only the um, the Department of Social Welfare and Development can give, um, as well as other accredited agencies who can um, process that for you. But really, the first step is to apply for one. With regards to the documents needed, you know, the requirements, it's pretty much the same as for adoption. 
So that's something that um, you can find on our website. And then once you get licensed for that, that doesn't mean that right away there will be a child placed for you. You'll have to build like a healthy relationship with DSWD and a social worker for them to know uh, what certain cases you're open to taking in, what the context is like at your home, um, how prepared you are, what's the timeline, uh, are you willing to foster a child for, a, you know, just a few months or a year or even beyond. And if you're okay with a setup that's kind of indefinite, those are the things that they will consider before actually placing a child with you. But the first step really is to get licensed for foster care. Yes. Great. And we actually have a video resource available on uh, rohayfoundation.org, which is our website, as well as on our social media platforms. If you look us up on those platforms, you'll be able to find uh, a video that talks about how to get licensed to become a foster parent or foster family in the Philippine context. And so we do want to invite you to check that out. It's really helpful, really practical. Um, What are the steps? How does it happen? It's not very far from the kind of requirements and steps required for adoption. It's not as exhaustive. It's not as lengthy, but If you're interested in foster care or adoption, we do invite you to check that resource out on our website and our social media platforms. And um, we do want to stay in touch with you. I know this doesn't paint a complete picture of foster care. This is just kind of us trying to give enough context on why we should be talking about this more um, and maybe to kind of get the ball rolling uh, with regards to more conversations around foster care. And there's some great foster families that we would love to have on the podcast. So that's coming your way soon. But for now, if you have questions, we want to invite you to sign up for a consultation with Rohe Foundation. Maybe, Jam, you can tell us how how that happens. Right, sure. So, yes, we have 30-minute consults. Um, So these are just free consults that you can sign up for on our website. There's a link there that will lead you to a page where you can select a schedule that happens throughout the week where you can get on a call with a couple of people from Rohe Foundation who can orient you with the technical side of um, foster care or adoption as well as any specific question you might have around these topics. We might not have all the answers, but we will make sure to direct you to the organization, any resource that will be helpful as you start your journeys in foster care and adoption. So that's rohefoundation.org. We're also on Facebook and Instagram, as well as Twitter. Just look for Rohe Foundation. Please send us a message um, if there's any specific question you might have. We'll get in touch with you as soon as we can. Awesome. Thanks, Jam. All right. Thanks, guys. We're so glad that you were able to join us for this episode of Family is the Answer. We do want to invite you, if you've been liking our content um, and you've been enjoying our resources here on wherever you're streaming this podcast from, we do want to encourage you to either rate us, write a recommendation, a review, or send us your feedback. We definitely want to hear from you and find out, you know, what topics you're interested in hearing. Um, do make sure that you find a way to get that to us. Uh, We are so excited to hear from our listeners and um, we're looking forward to keeping in touch with you on our social media platforms. So do stay in touch till next time. Bye. That was the Family is the Answer podcast by Rohe Foundation and powered by Podcast Network Asia. If you're interested to know more about adoption and foster care, visit our website at rohefoundation.org, where you can find articles, videos, and other resources. You can also find us on social media. We're Rohe Foundation on Instagram and Facebook. 
Again, thanks for listening. And I hope to catch you at our next episode. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything. <laughs>